2: So, plans have definitely changed after we did call an Audible last week. I mean, who in the hell had this match on the 2023 bingo card? But before we do get there, hello my friends, it is I, Simon Miller, and welcome to Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite. And very sadly, that's why I'm wearing the T-shirt, at the end of this episode, we will say goodbye to Barry Barricade. We do indeed have to host his funeral with some special guests. But before then, let's up those doubts. But yes, our first match was the brand new international champion, Phoenix, and he was taking on none other than the greatest man ever, Jeffrey Jarrett. Now obviously, John Moxley wasn't meant to lose the championship, but after he had suffered a bad blow to the head and he didn't feel very good, and he wasn't cleared to work this episode of Dynamite, he made the call to lose, so now Phoenix is the champion. But I tell you, the upside of this. It's not in a million years that I think Phoenix was ever going to win because he wasn't meant to. So now, every time I sit down to watch an international title match, my brain is going, well, maybe the other guy could win. That's good wrestling. Phoenix also hit a dive instantly. So thank you very much, Mask Man, from saving us from an alien attack. And of course, because Jarrett was out with his entire crew, all of these guys just kept interfering and casting distraction. To the point, when Jay Lethal tried to get involved, Phoenix gave him a Hurricane Rana. Jay went right into Satnam Singh's penis. Don't get mad at me, that's what happened. As soon as the bell rang two, Phoenix went hop, hop, pay, and he hit Jeff with his crazy moonsault. And I was like, man, all of this has happened in about 8.2 seconds. And when Satnam cast distraction to stop a Phoenix cutter, Jeff Jarrett hit a DDT and he was literally shouting at his cronies, help me, help me. I was like, Aubrey, referee, you gotta do something about this. So she did. Cause she went and took out Karen Jarrett. The feud that will never die. Somewhere during all this too, Jeff had hurt Phoenix's leg, which I'm sure is going to tie into the future, but he was still able to zip around and try and take everybody else out until Sonday Duck was here and he had leveled up his MP and he too was casting distraction. That's when Double J was able to hit Phoenix right in the balls and go for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. I tell you, I thought he was going to have it, it was a one 2 This made him even madder though, so much like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, he basically said, Satan, get over here. But actually, this just ended up in a massive melee, so Phoenix was like, well, turn around, it's fair play, you absolute goober. And he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and this time, he got the Uno Dos Tres. What did I tell you? It always works. It also means the counter goes up by one, because of course it does. I tell you, Phoenix was all like, oh, my leg after this. So it is going to tie in, especially because later on, we were going to have Nick Jackson versus Brian Cage versus Claudio Castagnoli to decide a brand new number one contender. And that is just some good action right there. You wait till we get to it. Just getting it up. We then cut to the adventures of MJF and Adam Cole. Let's just get right into it. Yes, Adam Cole is wearing a walking boot. And according to him, he has shattered his ankle. And he's going to need surgery. Now we shall get into this later, but my word, is triggered more conspiracies than the flipping moon landing. With some people saying, oh my gosh, he's definitely injured. And others going, no, I think this is a work. Now I'm going to err on the side of caution here and just send a bunch of positive Pete thoughts to Adam Cole and I hope he gets better soon. But if he does turn out that he has worked me then round of applause, my friends. This is some damn good trickery. Anyway, here they were hanging out on Maxwell's dad's boat and actually shout out to that guy because he was very kind to me at all in and I haven't forgotten it, where Cole was trying to explain to MJF, look, I know you were upset last week that I had to go and help Roderick Strong, but this is just how friendship works. You can be my friend and he can be my friend. And if you don't see this, it makes you a little bit of a psychopath. So the love triangle does continue. And Friedman was like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, I do get it. When he went to the back of this boat, and you could see him putting on the diamond ring. Right, roh Cole could sense something was up, so he was like, Max, are you going to throw me off this boat? And then Jeff's like, no, I wouldn't do that. Especially because the last time I did actually throw somebody off this thing, well, it almost didn't go very well. This is when the camera... Cut out to the sea though and do you know who was there in a damn rubber dinghy as MJ and Adam Cole tried to do some fishing it's none other than Paul White who was super duper pissed off <laughs> this really made me laugh somehow they made up and this whole segment finished with them all drinking beer together so this was just goofy wrestling for life and honestly they never miss this is proper proper funny stuff and long may it continue. All these crazy on the internet going, oh my gosh, it's too funny. Who has ever said that before? It's too funny. Oh yeah, I hate laughing. I hate feeling good about myself. Let's just take a brick and smash it into our heads. What are we talking about? Just getting it up. This kind of carried on too because we were then on the streets of Japan with De Kestra and Don callis as they were walking around and basically just causing carnage. It's also because they were hunting down Kota Ibushi, as Don told Kenny Omega, well, you better go and find another partner, because we're going to take out your buddy for good. What? Don't bring it down. There is the crime counter, and this is me just getting ahead of the game, because wait until I tell you what happened next. It is definitely gotta be considered a damn crime. Because when Paquette was in the ring and she invited these felons to come out and join her. And this was so Don Callis go, oh, look who is a brand new member of my family. It's none other than Sammy Guevara. But they all got booed like they were Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> well, yes, we got more footage from Japan where Takesta and Don Callis had gone into a Bushi's training school. And this is genuinely what happened. Because at first Takesha just whooped some rookies' ass when Kotwa tried to stop all of this when Don had an umbrella and he whacked Ibushi. And I was like, well, that's pretty bad, but no, who really cares? When all of a sudden Takeshita had a kettlebell and he smacked it into Ibushi's head. I don't know why I'm laughing. Again, this is attempted murder. Don made it even worse because he spent the whole time going, you're never going to be safe again. And look, in the world of kayfabe, Kallis and Takeshita flew all the way to Japan so they could try and kill Kota Ibushi i think the crime counter may be dead forever this is when we were back with sammy and he was all like oh my gosh everyone's treating me like the villain but i'm the hero here i was like yeah sure pal whatever you say this is due to the fact that chris jericho kept clipping his wings but now he is going to fly and the whole time the fans were chanting flub you sammy but they weren't saying flub made me laugh whole point though is that kalis has shown Guevara that jericho is never going to pass him the torch so he was going to have to take it When they all promised Omega, Jericho and Ibushi that they were going to leave them in a pool of their own tears. And I was like, man, you guys are really, really whack. It is a very good act though because they have zero redeemable features and they're just a bunch of terrible human beings. I imagine they could win at Wrestle Dream 2 because then you establish them as a Mega Wega threat. So I am kind of excited about this. Also, how could that match be bad? Giving it When we found Ricky Starks, who had been chatting after what had happened on AEW Collision, as always, he wasn't very happy. Neither was Wheeler Yuta, and of course, they had fallen out at the end of the show. So Wills walked in here and just went, Ah, oh, look who it is. Ricky Starks, I think you're an entitled prick. I was like, man, don't sit on the fence. He then challenged Ricky to have a match at the pay-per-view. So wham, bam, thank you, man. There you go. And that will be a really good fight. And of course, it probably means that Ricky Starks can get a win. And he needs a W because he has been losing a lot recently. When AEW chose chaos, because of course they did. Now Dr. Robotnik was nowhere to be seen, but it was Nick Jackson versus Brian Cage versus Claudio Castagnoli. And I don't know, before they went out there, somebody whispered in their ear, you need to make sure you go at 25 miles an hour, otherwise we're gonna blow up this bus. But they just went at a frantic speed and somehow they didn't make one mistake. These guys are good wrestlers, so they really do deserve some kind of award for this. And because of the John Moxley situation, and because it tied into the international title picture, once again, I was like, well, I really don't know what's going to happen here. Well, aside from the fact that Brian Cage powered up to start this, and he started to throw everyone around like they were kids. Remember, don't throw around children. Jackson fought back by flying off the ropes and did this ridiculous springboard sent on when Claudio just booted him right in the face. And it was one of those moves where it connects so hard, I just go, because <laughs> I can't believe it. When I saw this, I so hit the most ludicrous release German suplex you've ever seen, when we had this moonsault DDT thingamajig. And I watched it about a hundred times, and I was like, nope, that's two plus two equals potato. It doesn't make any sense. From nowhere too, Nick just busted out a 450. And that's when I had to go lay down, because this thing was non-stop. Castagnoli then did the giant swing onto Brian Cage, which was quite the sight. Although when Nick Jackson tried to get involved, all of a sudden he was being F5. That resulted in a one-two-oo, when Brian turned his attention to Claudio, and he suplexed him from the outside back into the ring. So I was just clapping again like a damn seal. Everybody was then hitting everybody else with the move, and I was losing my brain because I couldn't keep up here. When Claudio found Brian Cage, he started to smash him with the elbows. He hit the bomb of power, and just as he was about to get the win. Nick Jackson was back. He hit Arakhan Rana. He threw Castiglione to the outside, and he picked the bones, and he got a one, two, three. That's when I fell over. How the hell did they do it? So this was just like being on an out-of-control roller coaster, but knowing it was going to be okay because nobody was going to die. I mean, this was just entertainment personified, and I don't understand how somebody couldn't like it. I mean, somebody won't because that's just the world we live in, but I am totally, totally giving it an up. And also, it now means on the anniversary episode of Dynamite, it is Nick Jackson taking on Phoenix. And if you know, you know.
1: So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at Byheart.com.
0: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively.
2: We then got a video package for The Righteous who continue to aim for M. Jeff and Adam Cole. So that was a bit like, oh, well, what are we going to do at the pay-per-view? When it turned out, we were going to find out because here came better than you, Bayback. Now, once again, as they did head to the ring, if Adam Cole's injury is fake, he is selling it like a trooper. But he did sit down on a chair and he was like, look, I am injured. I do need surgery. And therefore, me and Max are going to have to forfeit the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Damn, Max lost his mind at this and said there is no way he's giving over these championships to the douchebags, the righteous. Which is why, come Sunday, he will go at this by himself and defend them in a handicap match. He's mostly doing this because he knows how much Adam Cole loves these titles, so he wants to do it for his buddy. So, would you excuse me? I have something in my eye. This is when all of a sudden you heard Adam. Adam and here came roderick strong in the kingdom and now roderick has actually gone out there and got a personalized wheelchair seriously just when you think they can't raise the bar they throw it through the roof. Now he was saying it's an emergency and he needs to talk to adam cole right now and because of everything that happened on the boat mjf was like look i don't really like this but you are my pal you are my buddy so i understand go and do what you need to do so my heart was bleeding once more Maxwell Jacob Friedman has become the most wholesome babyface ever. So Cole did go away, so something is cooking with these guys. (laughs) Although we were about to get some damn dinner right away. Because just as MJF was going to carry on speaking, who interrupted him? It was flubbing Jay White. He told his Bullet Club boys to wait in the back because he wanted to go one-on-one with MJF. And honestly, this was just such a good promo off. Especially because Max was like, hey Jay, how you doing? I've been compared to a lot of wrestlers in my career, and usually I didn't care until somebody compared me to you. Because while Friedman is a fine flamingon, mignon, he thinks Jay White is nothing more than tofu. And I was like, well, man, if somebody's into tofu, he's just alienated. It's actually quite deep, though, because Maxwell's point was is that people have to convince themselves that they like tofu, even though it's really bland, which is exactly how he sees Jay White. He also thinks that White has been given all these opportunities but done nothing with them. When Jay was like, aha, you want to come at me, do you? Well, one, let's not forget that Adam Cole almost had his career ended by me at the Forbidden Door. And also, he's walking around with a broken ankle. And do you know who to blame for that? It's you, MJF, you to blame. He also reminded us that he was the guy that had sold out the United Centre and Madison Square Garden, which will send the internet into meltdown. And honestly, it's just the way that Jay White says things. You believe every damn word. He also called Max Soft, which really wound the world champion up. And of course, we know that MGF is flipping going on an all-time run right now. And just as they were about to fight, Jay White bailed. Because of course he did. But man, this got me totally revved up. Of course I want to see MGF versus Jay White that could actually be a feud of the year. I really do hope we take our time with this too, because if we do play our cards right, you could have Jay win that title and it would absolutely be the right move. Now, I have not done this justice and you should go and watch it. I give it the Simon Miller guarantee and I am also giving it a lap. When Jim Ross had quite the job because he was conducting a sit-down interview between Darby Allen and Christian Cage. So straight away, I got scared in my tum-tum. I was like, man, who is dead in Darby's family? Because this guy's going to go after him. Cage has ever won this whole thing instantly. Because after Ross had said, hey, well done, man. You finally won the TNT title. It's like, what are you talking about? I've been the champion for ages. And I retained it at the weekend. So I'm sorry, I mean this. No matter what promotion or who's doing what in the industry, Christian Cage is doing some of the best work. I mean he is untouchable he's also clearly a lunatic although he was so serious here and after he had been asked about the fact that darby allen had pinned him a couple of times he was like what does that mean that doesn't mean anything because this sunday the championship is on the line and when things get serious this guy can't do nothing he's a waste of space he then told darby to tell his family that they're going to be let down (laughs) when he was like oh man is your uncle gonna be there no he's not because he's dead I believe that we keep doing this look at me it's turned me into some flubbly goo on the floor i understand how he's made this work darby had such a cool comeback though because he was like oh man yeah surprise surprise i knew you were going to say that but also when we get to our match there's one thing you have forgotten i don't care if i live and i don't care if i'm gonna die i am just gonna bring every single thing that i've got I was like, man, Darby, you're so damn cool. Cage was totally fine with that as well. and He said, yeah, sure, bring everyone. And also, why don't you bring Nick Wayne's mother? Although, don't worry about it. <laughs> I can sort that one out because I have her digits. I was like, damn it, he did it again. They then both acted like Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne will probably be banned from ringside when Christian Cage took an insult at the fact that Darby Allen hides behind his face paint. This is when Allen got some water and he washed it all off. I'm like, man. That's kind of significant. And then ended by k Chang, he is the champion, and Darby Allen better get used to it. And look, I was into this match anyway, but I sat there and I said to myself, well, now I'm doubly pumped. This was really good stuff. Amazingly, too, I want Christian to retain because I still think there is so much more we can do with this. But look, it is another round of applause. And by this point, I was like, man, I think this dynamite may be pure fire. That was totally right. This is getting it up. Well, we got another party match as a like, AEW, you spoiler but it was orange cassidy versus penta versus matt jackson versus austin gunn because of course all of these tag teams are going to square off at wrestle dream and it was just a flipping good time sometimes literally austin was hilarious too because he must have watched the match prior to this because he just spent the early stages of this trying to pin everyone to the point they all got pissed off with him and threw him out the ring as soon as he was healed too he went up to penta and started to do a post off but this didn't work well either because he took it too far and Penta chopped his ass. Well, you'd chop his ass, that'd just be like a spanking. I don't know how we got here. Matt was then doing all these crazy dives, but when Orange tried to do it, Austin somehow turned it into this awesome neck breaker for a one-two-oo. But let's face it, that was never going to work because pieces of fruit don't have necks. He was then teasing he was going to do a pedigree or a powerbomb or a park driver. But every single time he tried this, he got back body dropped out of it when two other people would run at each other and give them a Canadian destroyer. Now, I get it, that segment of the internet is going to be mad again, but this had me laughing out loud. They were just clearly having a good time, so that emotion comes out the screen, it hits me in the face, and I'm having a good time too. Jackson then used Orange as a platform to hint Penta when we got near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall. When we had Fear Factors being turned into Beach Breaks, being turned into Orange Punches, I mean, this was totally, absolutely ridiculous. Somehow, Austin came out on top here as well. So he got triple super kicked as Matt and Penta went back into it. But then there was kind of a fracas on the outside with Penta and Austin. When Orange Cassidy was back, he hit Matt Jackson with the orange punch and he got the one, two, three. I was like, well, where the hell did that come from? Seriously, though, it was just so, so good. And after the fact, everybody looked at everybody else because we are going to do that tag team match at the weekend. And I love the fact that this exists, this kind of match. It's just totally wacky and totally weird, but it makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum and makes me do this weird thing with my neck Up. This momentum on Dynamite continued too because we then went straight to Julia Hart. She's been on a tear recently. The same is true for her opponent, Willow Nightingale, and we had story here because the reason they didn't fight last week is because Julia had... Oh, pfft, spat some mist right in Willow's face. So when she was coming to the ring, she had this massive bandage over her eye, sell the wool. Nightingale got right into this though, until she realized, oh man, that Julia Hart has come out with Brody King, the Barry Barricade killer. So what am I gonna do? She was right, Brody started casting distraction and Julia used it to her advantage. I mean, she made sure to chop Willow. So now she had no eye and no leg. And I don't know whether it's because we are building up to this TBS title match, But Julia Hart has kind of embraced her creepy ways recently and she's tied into her matches and to her character she is coming across as something very unique. She still decided to go for a sleeper because she must have been tired. Which is when Willow turned this into a DVD and a spine buster for a one-two-oo. When she started walking around the ring going, oh, I'm going to do it. But again, she's the best baby face. I was totally behind her. She also wrecked her with a pounce, which is once again when Brody was like, over here, over here. That is not how Brody King talks. And because Nightingale got distracted by this, Julia Hart was able to avoid the cannonball by doing this set up in the corner when she hit this picture perfect moonsault for the one two three honestly i have not done that justice that was a badass finish the fans really got into this too and of course afterwards Hart applied to heartless because she is totally insane when chris statlander ran out and she almost got into it with Brody king i was like you know what i'd watch that man we are going to get Hart versus statlander for the title at wrestle dream though And this was the best way to make you care just that little bit more honestly once again i keep saying it this dynamite was off the charts getting it up i also just love seeing homegrown talent evolving in front of our eyes speaking of eyes here came hangman adam page he was about to have a good old-fashioned sports entertainment contracts hunting with swerve strickland which is why there was a bunch of wrestling security in the ring wrestling security always so pointless Sometimes bald. So i always just started firing off these excellent lines where he was all like, man, we're never going to be the same. Because what's a farmer to a mogul? And what's a buckshot to a kill shot? And I was like, wait a minute. Should that be added to the crime counter? I'm not entirely sure, so I'm just going to leave it. Hangman is all about this, though, because Swerve has lit a fire under his ass because he's been experiencing his own ups and downs recently. Like, he remembers beating John Moxley in the death match. He remembers reuniting with the elite, but every single time he had something good in his life or the sun started to shine. It would pour down with rain, and he'd be a sad panda again. Despite this, look, he is still here, and because he loves the fans, and the fans love him, they want to see the best version of the Cowboy come the pay-per-view. So that's exactly what Swerve Strickland is going to get. Yes! Swerve as ever is the best, because he just laughed this off. He's like, man, that is as pathetic as Russell Wilson in the Broncos last week. So there's your sports heel line for the evening. And when he is done with Adam, he's going to take his spot, especially because the pay-per-view is happening from Seattle. And if you've seen the weather there, it ain't great. Paige then reminded Strickland that sure, he has had all these opportunities. But look, he has smashed every single one out of the park. Whereas Swerve is about to find out when you are put in this position, it's harder than you think. And you're just going to fail, 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 fail. Strickland didn't like that at all. So he slapped him right in the face, which annoyed Paige. Because as Strickland then signed the contract, he took the pen and stabbed it into Swerve's hand. I was like... Then once again, does that need to go on the crime counter? I don't think you're allowed to do that. It is, of course, when security jumped in to calm this down. But seriously, just let these two guys cook. They will serve you up something fabulous. And maybe out of the whole show, including Brian Daniel and Zack Sabre Jr., I may be more excited about this. Because it has all the potential in the world, and it is getting it up. It's also the same for the actual ending of Dynamite. When was the last time we did something like this? Because we were in the back with Jay White when all of a sudden he was jumped by four mask dudes. I mean, not only did they throw him into a wall, but they hurled him into a box-like structure. This is when another guy showed up and dun, dun, dun. He was wearing the mask that MGF sometimes wears. So now look where we are. Because could this be MGF? Sure. I mean, I don't think it would be, but you are allowed to think that. Could it be Adam Cole? Absolutely. Especially because they did that video package a few weeks ago. And where was that mask? was on Adam Cole's side of the locker room. Maybe it's somebody like Edge. Like this person wasn't tall enough to be Edge but the reason these things work so well is because you can get excited and speculate to your heart's content. I mean seriously it could be Repo Man. I dare to dream. This is why it rocks though and if you are going to do this at the end of Dynamite it has to result in something big. So now I am totally pumped. Of course I'll tune in to next week. This was a good bit of wrestling business. And it is getting it up. Which does indeed bring us to the end of the show. And of course, Dynamite is going to get an up. Because I thought this was a terrific way to lead into that pay-per-view. Otherwise, though, go dress up in your best. I suppose it's time for the funeral of the year. So, yes. Hello, my friends. And it's a very, very sad day. But we are joined here together to celebrate the life of Barry Barricade. Who was a terrific guardrail, a great friend and an awesome protector. I remember just a few weeks ago when I was mercifully being beaten up by powerhouse Will Hobbs, and he threw me into the crowd. And if it wasn't for Barry, well, maybe I would have been murdered or beheaded or who knows what. But the wonderful goodness about Barricade, about Baz, as I like to call him, was he was always there for you. So I have written a little poem for Barry, if you will just indulge me, and it goes a little something like this. Barry, I love you, you were my friend, but now you're dead, because it's the end. Now oh, I did reach out to the wrestling community, and a few people did have some lovely words to say, I'm gonna share them with you right now. <laughs>
4: say, take a minute and say, um, I'm going to miss you, Mary Mary Barricade. We've had some very good times together. We've had a lot of really good memories. Um, you've always had my back (laughs) by literally having other people's backs slammed into you repeatedly on multiple occasions, most notably Serpentico, who sucks. And, um, there's so many people, and I just, I've had such amazing memories with your brothers, Gary Barricade, and Larry Barricade, and Jerry Barricade, even though he still owes me like $25. If I see him, oh, I swear if I see him, but um, I still have one of your aprons that you wore recently, it's Fight Forever, AEW, it's out now, and all major gaming retailers and such, and all platforms. Um, I'm just really going to miss you, Barry.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Well,
3: didn't think it would happen, but it did. Over a hundred assaults just tells you how tough Barry was but over a hundred assaults and now here I am in a cemetery trying to pick a plot of land for Barry the barricade wait what hold on are we are we gonna bury one barricade or the entire thing? Barry, you ribbed me. Barry, you know, Barry's a funny dude. I'm an idiot. I'm over here looking for a plot of land for Barry the barricade. He's not going to fit here. He's huge. He's more than just one barricade. No, Barry was the whole thing. It's not you know, the funny thing is, Barry probably would have put himself in front of the entrance of this cemetery to make sure idiots like me don't come in here bothering people about their business, because Barry, Barry's a funny dude. He's very funny. He's probably the, one of the funniest people I've ever met. So much so, you should have seen all the jokes getting thrown at Barry the Barricade, and they would literally just bounce off. All these jokes getting thrown into him, and they would just bounce right off. He was impenetrable impenetrable i mean i should leave i'm an idiot barry will live on forever he said we're not gonna bury him in the cemetery good one barry you got me i'll remember you forever especially that time you almost broke my back yeah so barry it's finally over you're dead you're dead good you know, we used to play video games, me and Barry. You know, killing time on the road. And this son of a bitch, any time that I'd be winning at the video game, this cocksucker. You know what he did? Turned off the system. That is not the type of people that we need in this world. I'll tell you what. I'm happy he's dead. I don't care if he has a family. All right. What type of children you raising? When you're turning off the video game? When you're losing, Barry?
2: You son of a bitch. I don't forgive you. I hope you rot in hell hell Right, I'm um, not sure calling a dead person a cocksucker was on the menu but there you go so, 100 assaults we shall of course keep mentioning Barry here on ups and downs because his memory will never be forgotten, but now if you'll stand up with me and just put your arms like this, we can just have a few seconds of reflection for Barry Barricade and of course if you went to do that You're an absolute loon, but I very much appreciate you playing along.
4: Barry, rest in peace.
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Hmm.